Welcome to Minute Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to investigate with us the movie Mission Impossible, one minute at a time. I'm Chris. I'm Jonathan number one. And I'm Jonathan number two. Jonathan Carlisle is back with us again from the Princess Bride Minute, and we're super excited to talk about Minute 72. Welcome back, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. This is a fun one. No problem. (laughs) This is a fun one. This minute begins with Dunlow grabbing the knife off the table and ends with the team driving away in a fire truck down a nice idyllic road in Virginia, which they never went to to shoot this movie. Nope. That's probably London somewhere. (laughs) That's probably London. I have some notes about that, but we can get there at the end. Ah, we can get there whenever we want. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to. Well, I I do want to I do want to talk about him grabbing the knife. Like, okay, so this is a super secret room full of super secret secrets. I mean, the room's not a secret. Well, it's just you can't go in there. Well, what's in the room may be a secret. I guess I don't know. Yes, but and he sees a knife that should not be there, and he grabs it. Like, why why would you touch a knife that may have prints? Maybe it doesn't, but it may have prints. Why would you? Because he's in the CIA, and as we've learned from the uh, IMF force, you always touch things with no gloves on. I, I guess so. And yeah. implicate yourself as quickly as possible. I mean, if if anything, someone should have walked in and gone, oh my God, William, why'd you bring a knife to work? <laughs> <laughs> Get down. He's got a knife. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> Get down low to the ground where a knife can't see you. Hey, right. And what's it, what's cool is that, you know, I mean, before in last and yesterday's minute, it was uh, the first time he sees it. It's in another one of those uh, split diopter shots again at the knife right up front and uh, and Dunlow way in the back. So it's it's a very cool shot. Oh, man, I missed a split diopter yet last week. Yeah. And you didn't bring it up, Chris. No, I didn't. Oh, there man. was no need to bring it up. We were, we were fascinated with the knife. And That's OK. We get another one this week. We get another. We get two in two of them. Which is awesome. We get two. We get two Dunlow. Actually, no. He was in three because there was one the last week also. Last week is dead to me. Oh, last week is dead. Okay. (laughs) We've moved on to our new friend, Jonathan. Jonathan number two. Jonathan number two is our new best friend. Yes, we should call this week the Attack of the Clones. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm kind of like a clone that ate another clone. So, you know, (laughs) Jonathan seems much more svelte than I am. That could just be the camera, though. He could be lying. You're like like that multiplicity clone that likes the pizza. Yep. <laughs> Steve. Hey, Steve. <laughs> I like pizza. Donlo does pick up the knife and yep. gets his fingerprints all over it. And then he looks up at the laser grid and it's back on. So way to go, guys. You got the laser grid back on. And he also checks his computer. And uh-oh, there is a keystroke log. Bum, bum, and bum. a file was downloaded at 9.58. That, they knew that was going to happen. Right, right. They knew that was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they had they, they knew that they were he was going to check. I, I'd hope they knew that. <laughs> The IMF had to understand that the the whole point was the diversion with the fire and the smoke. Yeah. So they knew that no alarm now at this point would happen. Also, Dunlow doesn't seem to have an alarm ability. He seems to have a I need to call Kittredge ability. Yeah. Which we'll find out in the the rest of this uh after the keylog entry. After he after he notices the knife and now understands someone has stolen something off of the off of the computer, we see Ethan up in the vent. This is our last shot of the vent, so say goodbye to the vent, guys. Goodbye, vent. Bye, vent. It's been two weeks. Goodbye, goodbye blue vent and red vents and dead rats. So, oh no, no, Krieger ate the rat. It's fine. <laughs> that's right. That's how he got his power. There's no. He ate it, bones and all. He does. So he uh, Ethan throws a smoke bomb into the a smoke grenade into the corridor and. Smoke starts spewing out uh, into the white room. So see, the air condition was on because smoke just 
everywhere. <laughs> yep. Now, when he goes to, he sees the file download, the the keystroke log. It doesn't really say anything right there. So, is this is this room is this computer just for the knock list, and the file download can only be one thing, or it is is there a bunch of stuff in here, and it doesn't matter what it is, it's all. You know, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. They could have stolen the plans to the Death Star. Yeah, I mean, does does he know what what's already been stolen? By I don't know. There's there's no information there. Does he, he doesn't to... know that, but he does know he wasn't in the room two minutes ago. Right, right. Three but ago. does he have to spend like 15 more minutes digging in to see what was actually downloaded before he calls, or does he just call right away? That's a good question. I wonder if he followed up with some other. I I have a feeling that keystroke log would have more information than just a file was downloaded. It would explain the knock list was downloaded because when he calls Kittredge, he's not going to be calling Kittredge just to say, <laughs> someone downloaded a file. He's going to be calling <laughs> Kittredge because he knows for sure that he just. I guess what I'm saying is, is, uh, is this, does this room have a, a bunch of secrets? So he has to make sure he knows what it is before he calls. Or is this room just for the knock list? It's a good question. We have never found out. Uh, what the book tells us is that Dunlow works in this secured room. No, I think this secured room has is a database of a lot of different things, like super classified things. The knock list is one of them. Yeah, because Ethan, remember, uh, he was scrolling through things and it said knock list or knock. No, okay. file. you wouldn't need you wouldn't need a, that giant supercomputer to just hold the knock list. No, they would because it's literally <laughs> two lists side by side: real names, <laughs> fake names. No, they, they, what addresses. they would have had then is that have two different rooms with Dunlow in one part. One room with one list, one half of the list, and his wife in another part of the, another room with the other half of the list. Keep them separated. Yeah. Uh, here, here's something that I found out. This is also our last chance to see the laser grid up at the top, the the cool red laser grid. We talked about yes, yesterday that the who, who invented the knife, the CGI, that not a knife, the CGI knife that comes falling from the sky, but who invented the uh, laser grid? That's a good question. A place called Cinesite. Cinesite's been around since the 1990s. They were an offshoot of Eastman Kodak, and they helped create, once they created the digital film camera system, they created a visual special effects company. This company still exists today. It has merged with a couple of other ones over the years, but it does things like Ant-Man. I'll I'll put this up on our website, the movies they've done. Harry Potter, Ant-Man, all the X-Men movies. They've they're the ones who go in and do photorealistic uh, movement on uh, humans. So, like when Ant Man or Yellow Jacket, their suit was mostly CG. They're the ones who come in and do the realistic ca- character animation. So that's that's that their first job in this was to create lasers <laughs> that look just a bunch of red lights that look, but that have to look right in the environment. That's their big thing. Yeah, is that something that's that they do on site and they do it so that the camera picks it up, or you're, or is this something you're like an after effect? These are these were digital. Yeah. Okay. Yeah these these were actual digital after effects, which is great. So it's uh, actually we said that the the knife was a, a CG. It's the the laser grid obviously was going to be CG too. There's no way to to show lasers the way they do in movies. The human eye can't see them like that. So I thought it was pretty cool. And then after Ethan throws that smoke bomb. We see Claire again. Oh, Claire is being escorted out of the out, out of the CIA building by two two shifty looking uh, firemen who aren't showing their faces and who aren't one helping anybody is, else out. <laughs> and one of the firemen is very short, and one of the firemen is very tall. I, I think it's funny when you see this movie and they're shooting two people. That it's it's I can't tell if those are their their stunt doubles, 
because I'm wondering if they even you they even got into those costumes for that. Yeah, Cruz is in it. You can see his face. You, you can. Yeah. Okay. You can see Tom Cruise's face. Yeah, I can't see John Renault's, but I can see Tom Cruise's very clear. The problem is they couldn't fake. They couldn't have Tom Cruise with all that group standing on a bunch of half apple boxes, so he'd be taller. Yeah. Because in other <laughs> scenes, he's as tall or closer to John Renault's height. Yeah. But in this, he is tiny. Yeah. Wait, wait until we see this. Compare his height now to Jean Renault and compare his height in two minutes when they're in the safe house and they're standing in front of each other. <laughs> and let's see. I have a feeling he's a lot closer to Jean Renault's height. Jean Renault's like six foot two. He's a big dude. He'll be looking for it. I think I know what you're talking about. And yeah, that makes, makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. So I like that. I like, I like that it's, we get au natural Tom Cruise height. They, he walks out of the building and we get confirmation at second 46 because the phone rings in Kittredge's office and a creepy guy from the B team yep. is there. Chris, this is our first confirmation since the explosion of the gum back at the, uh, at the hot at the restaurant that the, anybody from the B team is alive. No, this is our second confirmation. Remember? Cause he was in the, in, in, in Max's, uh, hallway when they came in and attacked with the, with the, with the white jackets. Uh, yes. Once again, you've proven me wrong. Damn it. I thought I had a good point. Him and Beardo were there. That's right, Beardo. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Creepy guy was there. So is he is he well, is he creepy just because he looks creepy or did he do something? Yes, I'm I'm shaming him because of the way he looks. Yes. He's creepy <laughs> okay. looking to me. His aesthetic makes me feel creepy. He's like he's like ultra ultra low budget uh uh Steve Buscemi. The, uh, yeah, that's I see that. Yes. yes. Not Steve Buscemi Not Steve is Buscemi. Yeah, he's on the B team. Yeah, he, he's he, B team uh, Steve Buscemi. Now he's answered the phone, so he's he might have been moved to the C team. Yeah. So do you think they did that on purpose, as far as casting that they all the all the CIA office guys they they got people that that did not have the sex appeal that the the IMF team has. <laughs> That's so we we yeah, talked I, about that too for a while. <laughs> I think they just got a bunch of people that are boring looking because. <laughs> That's how you really actually want the better the better IMF force is the one that you can't remember after you met them. And I wouldn't remember that man's face after I met him. I'd just be like, "There's this creepy guy. What does he look like? I don't know. Creepy." No, if Tom Cruise, if I met Tom Cruise, I'm like, "Oh, I met this really handsome tiny man who seemed nice and he smiled." People about the incident. Well, there was this really good looking tiny guy. There was this uh, pretty French girl, uh, big black guy, and this, this giant, giant Frenchman. Frenchman. Oh yeah, we know who those guys are. Okay, that's the that's the A team. So okay, <laughs> yeah, that's the A team. But the B team's like uh nondescript white dude, a white dude with a I beard, uh, some other dude, and a two girls. I don't know, white lady. I, yeah, I, I white can't people. explain. B team is like wallpaper. We can't even. We don't even remember what they are. <laughs> that's the movie they need to make the spinoff Mission Impossible B team. And then uh, at the end of this minute, and uh, at second 54, we see a fire engine driving off into the sunset of uh, Virginia. And Claire in a stupid red uh, fire fireman coat. I, d- I just don't understand. Well, you brought this up off mic. Yes. Claire leaves the CIA headquarters wearing her red CIA clothes, yep. you know, just, you know, dress. And <laughs> when she's in the... Now, when she's in the fire engine, she's now wearing the fire truck shirt again, the fireman's fireman's jacket. jacket yeah, I, I, you know what, I I can live with that because she might have put it back on once they got outside because it would have seemed weird for someone from the CIA to be going in the fire engine. 
So she probably, when they got back her bat outside, like, oh, let's make sure this lady's okay. They get over the fire engine. She puts it on real quick, and then she just melds back in with all the other firemen that are there. Yeah, and because Luther's got one on too. So well, Luther was sweating his behind off in that <laughs> the back of that fire engine for the past two weeks. Yeah, remember he's been sitting back there talking about this stuff. Oh, is that where oh. is that where he was? He was inside the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. In the back. I guess I did. The back was all set up with his computers. I, I didn't go back through and watch everything for context, so I, I thought maybe he was just uh, in a room in the building somewhere. Somehow these microphones work perfectly, but they don't work perfectly over really long distances. <laughs> I think this was off, Mike, but you mentioned that you don't think that this was in Virginia, the shot of the, yeah, the no, fire truck? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I guarantee you it wasn't. They didn't shoot in Virginia. Well, then I have a question, because <laughs> okay. as you see the fire truck and you see the car, there's a street sign. And that street sign says Cloisters. So I did some searching, and there is a Cloisters Drive on Georgetown Pike in McLean, Virginia, which is two and a half miles west of the CIA headquarters. Maybe that second unit. Could be. I, I, I truthfully think the second unit, would all they did was put a license plate on that car, have everybody drive on the other side of the road, and put up a sign. So they put up a street sign then? Uh, there just happens to be a street sign to prove that it's in Virginia. Eh. <laughs> I don't know. They could have, but this is, it's literally a second and a half. Yeah, they might have. They spent $20,000 right. just for that one shot. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's definitely second unit. So there's yeah. not, no, there's not one star in that car. No. So yeah, I don't, I don't think you can see anything as it, as it comes towards the camera. So Jonathan thinks that it's, well, this one shot was shot in Virginia. Hmm. I'm going to have to, I'm at the research that I really don't think they would have done that. At this point, because they were, they brought this entire movie in under budget. So I, I, I don't, and they didn't shoot anything in America. Huh. Well, I'd, I'd be interested to find out if they, if they faked it or, or what, because that's, uh, it's definitely the street sign. So that'd be, it is. And I was, I was actually impressed. It, like once I, I kind of did my little checking, I was like, oh, wow. Like it, they're leaving the CIA headquarters. And at least according to that street sign there, that they are is heading. Is it called Cloisters Road or something? They are at Cloisters Drive, that they are heading. They are heading away from the CIA. It makes Is sense. there a Cloisters Drive in London? Um, I did not check that. I, I imagine the street <laughs> sign would look different, though, if it was London. Also, they don't. It, it seems like a prop because where it is, it's it's almost it's in that sweet spot in the frame. It seems planted to me. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cynical. <laughs> yeah. That's just me. No, no, go ahead. I hope you're right. I hope they went all. I hope somebody, some B unit, said, "Hey, we got to go all the way to Virginia to get this shot, otherwise." It's gonna look fake. Yeah, I was I was impressed. So even even if they faked it, they they put a lot of effort into faking it for like who was gonna notice that, who's gonna pay attention. Especially since in the the scene they have next, I mean, they don't even have them in the real car. They're in the studio inside of a you know they're not even in the, a real fire engine. Yeah, no, they're they're blue screening that one. I hope I hope so. I hope they spent. I hope someone got a free trip back home and got to see their family before they had to go back to London. <laughs> No, they just sent some B unit from London over. No, they probably just had someone that was already over in America. Yeah, to shoot some it. some second unit, you know, contractor that showed up to shoot it. Yeah, it's Paramount. They yeah. can they can get somebody exactly. They they have to have the uh, IMF B team like just do all the B team shots too. So <laughs> like, we're just the actors. No, just, just go down the road, take the camera. You just, just pretend like you're Tom Cruise. It's fine. Just yeah. drive like you're Jean Renault. I love Jean Renault's face. Yeah. I love Jean Renault's face in this. We'll get it more in the next minute. But he's definitely very happy. Yeah. And also the fact that he's the wheel man in this movie who drives everything and flies everything. They make him drive the fire and just like, 
just for once, I would like to not drive somewhere. Why am I always the driver? Claire literally did nothing. Can she not drive? <laughs> Tom's like, no, she's in heels. No, I want, I want her, I want her, Claire to be like, I was the driver in the first mission. And, and the car like, blew yes, up. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why my Claire just sound like that. My Claire needs to sound like this. She, she's also French. <laughs> hey, I drove in the first mission. That's right. You did drive in the first mission. Now it's turning into yeah. some other horrible accent. <laughs> did, did she actually drive or did she just sit in the driver's seat? She just sat in the car. <laughs> uh, the car exploded. Right, so, but, but, but before that, I know she was sitting in the driver's seat, but did they actually... I think she probably drove the car there, but it's off screen, so we can't yeah. confirm. She's also giving him a very uh, interesting look as well, so... she's get, Yeah, she's giving Krieger a look, yeah. and in the book, she actually gets real quiet and lays her head down on Ethan. Again, thank God they got wow. rid of all the stuff, the weird the weird touching, and... Yeah, it, well, they didn't get rid of all the weird touching. Yeah, there's, some, there's some weird touching. It looks there's, like she should have been leaning her head on, on Luther instead, though. At the angle she's at. <laughs> Ethan's in his own world right now. Yeah. Literally, he's been separated by this uh, bar, the, the windshield there, from the three of them. Yep. He's, and he's separate from them in that he has the most to lose, I guess. I guess they all do, but he, he especially. he No one else. The other ones aren't considered moles. Yeah. Because Claire's still under the radar. Yeah. yeah and that's where this minute ends. Uh, we could do some tech of the app. Uh, there are probably some sweet ones in here. All right, this tech of the app. Chris, I'm going to start with you. Chris, number one. Chris, number one. I'm going to go with the uh, the, the keystroke login. That's, what I'm That's going. a really cool and interesting thing. Yeah. I know that a lot of computers use those, and bigger companies, they yeah. use those. I've never been in a company that had a keystroke, no. at least that I know of. Not that I'm, I'm aware of either. But, Jonathan, I don't know what you do for a living, but I don't know if you're uh, locked down like that, but with keystrokes monitoring. No, no. Um I guess I, I, I'm trying to figure out what else, uh, like his little, uh, smoke bomb. It's pretty, pretty cool, I guess. It, I mean, it, it's cool in the way that it, uh, either he's, he's using the duct work efficiently or that smoke bomb is just awesome because it just disperses immediately and goes everywhere. It goes not only everywhere, it, yeah, it fills up an entire CIA headquarters in like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to, oh, this is a hard one. Because I actually have a couple for next next episodes, but I will I will save that, and I'm going to say th- this is our last view of the Situation Room at second forty six when Creepy B Team answers the phone, and it's got that really cool map up on the giant flat screens. So I'm going to pick that. That's going to be my tech of the app. It's going to be our last look at the Situation Room. In CIA headquarters for the impossible mission. No, we force. see it next week. All right, all right, in the next minute. This is going to be my second to last <laughs> viewing of the Situation Room in the Impossible Mission Force. Because the next one is, is is a very cool diopter shot with uh, with uh, three three people in it. It's very very cool. Chris, I need you to stop doing that to me while we're on <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> you make me look stupid. I don't make you look anything, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just can't remember anymore. It's that old age getting to us. Oh, yeah, it's a great place to end this uh, episode, and we'll come back tomorrow for minute 73. Check us out 
on many different platforms. We are on Facebook at the Impossible Minute Force. We are on Twitter at Men Impossible. We are on Instagram if you want to see some behind-the-scenes shots. I might take a photo here in a few minutes of all of us having a good time. But uh, if, you, if you'd like to send us an email, please do. We're at MinuteImpossible at gmail.com. So until tomorrow, I've been Jonathan. I've been Chris. And I've been Jonathan. But I'm Jonathan. But he's Jonathan. I'm Jonathan. Wait, who's talking? You are, which is me. Oh. <laughs> this minute will self-destruct. 